Glad to be back in the United States of America, right? Uh, spent 12 days in Trinidad and Tobago, and uh, I wish I could share a lot about that. There will be other times when I can do that. Uh, this morning, uh, Jordan is actually going to share a little bit about what happened in Trinidad and Tobago a little bit later, so I have to stay in my time. And um, I'm going to try to be spiritual, like my elders showed me to be spiritual. Amen. Um, the other thing is, so I'm, I'm here I am at church trying to get my mind straight, and my mother was scheming behind my back <laughs> and invited a dear loved one, uh, t- to my total surprise, uh, as many of you know, my father passed away a few years ago, but one, uh, one of his sisters is here. My Aunt Shirley is in town, so I love you, Aunt Shirley. Good to see you, and uh, amen. <laughs> uh, amen. You never know what happens. That's why you got to show up to church. You never know, right? <laughs> things, things, things can happen. Uh, so this morning, you won't be able to see the slides. As we talked about, our screens are down. However, they will be. Uh, if you're live stream, I, I think you are able to see it. So that's why I'll be making sure that I show, uh, I use my slides. And if you want to go back later, you can watch it online. Um, but the big picture today that we we'll want to talk about is, as last week, we talked about worship and really kind of hearing God's word in worship. Appreciate what Nick shared and, and just the power of when God's people would come together and they would all hear the word at the same time. And woof, what, what power there was in that. And uh, so this morning, what I'm asked to speak about is what it means to really worship in community together. So that'll be our, our time this morning. And, uh, and, and, and I'm going to do a little bit of a, a shorter message because we're going to have an opportunity to have extended time of singing and, and, and songs to God, right, and, and time of worship. So uh, that's the, that, that is the plan. Hopefully I won't talk too long. Amen. But you can start praying because I got way too much material. Amen. Um, so let's pray because it's, it's good to do that. For me, it helps me to empty myself. But <clears throat> Lord, thank you for this opportunity to come together and to focus on you and to remember who you are, to prioritize expressing our heart to you. And we thank you for not just being a refuge for us, but also we we are grateful for Jesus and the the man that he was as he walked this earth, what he taught, how he treated people. And we're grateful he was willing to even go to the cross to save us and deliver us from evil. We're grateful that the Holy Spirit, your spirit, dwells among us and dwells within us and can teach, can comfort, can guide pray that we can be humble this morning. I pray that we can have an attitude of deep humility and reverence for you and also just a deep appreciation for the people that are seated around us and for the people that are online as well, Lord. This is a new time for us and we want to feel connected to each other. So use this time, please, Lord, use this time to help us in our hearts to grow closer to you in worship. Pray in Jesus' name, amen. So I, uh, I had to take a class um, in a seminary. I'm getting my master's, and uh, one, the class was on worship, Christian worship. Textbook, first page or two. Here's a guy that studied. He probably researched this book, probably, who knows, 10 years, wrote the book. We're in the third edition of the book that we were using, and this was one of the quote in the introduction. Worship is an exasperatingly difficult word to pin down. 
This is a guy with a PhD, knows all the languages, biblical languages. And at the end of the day, he's like, man, this word, it's got a lot, there's a lot going on. We, hear, we say the word worship in English as if that's the word that's been used forever. That's not the word that's been used. There are different words that we kind of, we see them, we see what they're all about, and we translate it into English and it comes out worship. So there's a big nuance to what that word means, right? And even to give you one short example, Jesus is led into the desert to be tempted, right? The devil's getting after him, and the devil says, man, I'll give you everything. All you need to do is, is worship me. And in Luke 4, right, verses 7 and 8, if you then will worship me, it will all be yours. Jesus answered him, it is written, worship the Lord your God and serve him only. So worship God, serve him only. These two concepts, worship and serve, these two words are the biggest, the, the most used words in the New Testament. And so when we're talking about when we're talking about these words, worship, what does that word really literally mean? It literally means to bow down, like physically bow down. That's worship. That is a physical act, right? So what does that communicate? Whoever you're bowing down to, you are worthy. I am submitting to you. I, I, or it could be thanksgiving, Adoration, praise, honor, all, all, of, all of those words, now we're getting at what worship is about. So when Jesus says, worship the Lord your God, that was the word he was using, to bow down, to prostrate oneself, surrender, those types of things. But he also says, serve only him. That serve word is used all throughout the New Testament, even more than the, the first word, right? Service. What does the word service really mean? What does it really mean is to do something for the benefit of others. Doing something for the benefit of others. So when you merge these concepts that Jesus is using, these words, it's a, it's a humility. It's a reverence. It's a surrender. If you, and it's even a physical thing too. You can make this a physical worship. can be bodily and it's, a, it's not for your benefit. It's for the benefit of others. You're serving. You're, you're giving up yourself. You're giving yourself away. These are the concepts that our one word worship kind of encompasses. And you can't see it. I can't even pronounce it right. If you're German, I'm sorry. I'm not even going to try to pronounce it. But there's a word, Godendicht. I don't know how to say it. My bad if you're German. But that one word, this, the guy that wrote the book said, this pretty much sums it up. And that word means God's service to us and our service to God. That's what it comes down to. That's what he, he wrote. The, he's saying this is what worship really should be about. It should be orienting yourself to think about what has God, how has God served doing something for the benefit of you? What has God done to benefit you? Uh, creation for one, Right. The breath that you just breathed, that's from God. The one you're about to breathe again, that's from God. The food you ate, the food you're thinking about eating and want me to shut up so you can eat, God, he made that happen. But what I'm saying, that's just nature. But what about Jesus and dying on the cross and relentlessly pursuing each one of us and the grace and the compassion and the, we don't even know forgiveness if it's not for God. And all of these things, it's, it's God's service. That's the start of worship. It's what is God, who is God and what has he done to benefit us? That's the starting place. And then after that, it's 
Okay, well, our service to God. How do we respond? How do we respond to all that that God has done? And it's a, it's a service to him, right? It's, it's, it's not done for our benefit. We're not concerned about our benefit. When you're doing this, you're not concerned about your own benefit. And that should be our heart mindset. And sometimes our bodily mindset too. We ought to just worship more with our embodied selves too. So it's God's service and our service to him. And when we acknowledge who he is and our role as his image bears, it becomes simple because don't forget the next passage I was going to read. Simple. You know it well. You, you can recite it by memory. Matthew 22, 36 to 40. Someone asked Jesus, what is the greatest commandment? And what did he tell him? Love the Lord your God with all, all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. That's getting at worship. It's that orientation that God, it starts with God. The, the most important thing is to love him, get, to give, up, give all of yourself to him. That's worship. That's the beginning heart of worship. And then what does he say after that? And then love your neighbor as yourself. Because when, you, when you orient your life that way, then you know how to treat other people. And in worship, when you, and, and what I'm trying to even, I'm trying to cut worship down to what happens on Sunday morning at 320 Austin Ave. Wow, I'm really cutting it down. But that's, that's what I'm trying to talk about. What happens when you show up here? Is that your heart? That you're here with God first? And then your fellow person, how you can receive from them? Because if they're giving themselves away, you're probably going to receive something. And if you're giving yourself away, you're probably going to give something to somebody else. Wow, how powerful is that? That's beautiful. And that's what worship really is. And you can't even understand the word for church without the concept of coming together. Okay? The Old Testament word for assembly and the New Testament word for church all basically come from the same concept. To come together. To congregate. To be together. And if you want to do your own study, I encourage you to look up those words. Service, worship, assembly, coming together. That is what is so important on Sunday mornings. We have been called out of the world to come together. We've been called out to come together. To sing the praises of God, whether it's a song or just to express our heart to him. And, do you, and you know, here's the deal. God cares about what's going on right now in this room. He does. He cares about where your heart is right now. As individuals and collectively. You want to know how we know? Because we have the word of God. And if you're not in the right place, this will wake you up right here. Amos chapter 5. Hello, hello. <laughs> this is God speaking. Imagine if God could somehow pipe this into the PA system of the North River Church. I hate I despise your festivals. And I take no delight in your solemn assemblies coming together. Even though you offer me your burnt offerings and grain offerings, I will not accept them. And the offerings of well-being of your fattened animals, I will not look upon. Take away from me the noise of your songs. I will not listen to the melody of your harps. But 
Let justice roll down like a river and righteousness like an ever-flowing stream. God cares about how our hearts are when we come together and assemble, which is what the church is. And you can check the boxes off. You can say, but I showed up. Well, amen, I'm glad you did. That's, that's part of it. But where's your heart when you show up? Because God cares. Because if we're in line with him, what he was so upset about here in Amos is that these people keep showing up to worship him and claim to be him, but they treat people like dirt. There's no justice. Here they are supposed to be God's people. They have no, they, they're not exhibiting the heart of God. Because when you focus on God and you surrender to God and you humble yourself and you praise him and you give him thanks and you think about his service to you, you're going to give it to your fellow man because that's what we're supposed to do. So God's like, don't just come to sh- church. Oh, you, hey, I'll know your heart is right. Is if when you treat each other the right way with justice and righteousness, check your heart. I, hey, I'm going to tell you right now, I've had to check my heart. This message has been hard for your boy right here. I'm like, my heart hasn't always been right. And there's a million excuses. I mean, at the end of the day, here's what I know. Here's what I can say about my own challenges with this concept of worship and giving myself to God, preparing myself, orienting myself with a God-centered view is, you know, I went into the full-time ministry one year old as a Christian. So for the last 24 years, I have been, (laughs) it's been a part of my job to come to church. So some, there's some moments where I'm just not, I'm not worshiping. I'm like, we told that dude seven minutes, and it's like nine, 12 minutes, right? He's, he's, what is he doing? He's going he's gonna to go too long. <laughs> like the topic was this. He's talking about this. Where did that happen? How, did, how do you get that from here? What are we doing? Like why are, they, why are people talking while they're singing? I'm so tired of this. This is getting on my nerves. Like, why are people, and so here I am, stuff like that, just going through my mind, God, nowhere in it. Do you know what I'm saying? I'm not, prost- I'm not thinking about God's service to me. I, he is not the center of things. And, and, and here's a metaphor that uh, this guy, Kierkegaard, and we talked about it in our worship class, and it was interesting. He, he used a metaphor, and he was like, he used the metaphor of a, of a stage, right? And he said, you know, he made an observation about the church. He goes, it seems as though the church is like, if you, the stage is like where the, the, the minister is, like the actor. The minister is like the actor. And the audience is like the, you know, the members, the people that show up to church. And God is kind of like, kind of like the director, kind of like off to the side, like giving direction. You know, maybe you forget a line, he'll tell, tell you what it is. Right? So, the, the, the preachers, the actors, you know, you guys are the audience, and God's kind of directing the show. You know, he's, he's, it's his church, whatever. But he was trying to say, man, it seems like that's off and wonky. And he made a, the comment, like, it should be <laughs> that the preacher person should be the one more directing people and leading the people because you are the actors. You guys should be the actor. And the audience is God. So it's not about what I'm saying or how, 
what I'm saying, how I'm saying it, if I'm eloquent, if I made a good point, didn't make a good point, if I'm deep enough, not deep enough, if that song, you, you so too much of our culture is look at the stage, you know, and ooh, ah, whatever, or that stinks, whatever, let me go write a review and say how bad it is, and that's how, sometimes a church can be that way. Wow. I thought, that's true. And, that, and I'm, that's what I was tapping into. I'm looking at who's up here critiquing and dissecting and forgetting about, you know, it's about well, how does God respond to all this, right? And, and I just hope that we can keep that mindset, that when we come here, our worship to, is to him. And I just hope, if anything, if we're doing a good job, if, if I'm preaching, hopefully I'm just leading you to appreciate God more. Appreciate what you have in God's spirit dwelling within you. Appreciate who Jesus is and what he did for dying on the cross and saving us that we have a chance. I hope that I can lead you to that place and you can appreciate God. And then you can take your appreciation to God even as you sit and listen. That it's between you and God because he's the audience. Right. right? And I even notice this about, you know, songs. Because sometimes we can sing songs, right? And, and again, Chris and I were talking about this the other day. There are some songs to me I just don't connect with. Straight up. We're singing them. We come together. Some European dude in the 1700s wrote it. It's got weird words in it, weird syntax. Don't know the imagery that well sometimes. I'm like, I don't get it. You're right. And, and to me, like, I don't connect. Like, if it's a Maverick City song, I'm like, oh, you know, Fred Hammond. Oh, yeah. Okay. I get it. Right? And, I, and so when the European 200-year-old song is sung, there, there are times when I just don't feel like I am worshiping. So I'm not thinking of the, the lyrics to that song. Because the deal is, when that song was written, when those lyrics were written, that was meaningful. And there's nothing in the words themselves, if I'm honest, there's nothing wrong with those words. And the, 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 the structure of the song or whatever, maybe that's not kind of my way of appreciating music. But, man, a lot of people do. And, and I... And I, and I Chris and I were talking about it. I was like, man, I, I got to really get better at that. Because, like, I didn't grow up going to church, like, every single week. And so there's no, like, songs that, like, deeply affect me. But some people, man, when they hear a song that's an older song, it takes them right back to when they were younger and, and when their faith was fresh. And, and they remember things about their walk with God. And, and they perk up. And, and I think what worship can do when we come together is we can appreciate when that person gets a song like that. And when we watch them respond and sing out, I think that's an opportunity for us to praise God that, amen, they are, be, they are getting the benefit of this song. And we can benefit off of them enjoying it, you know? And, and, and hopefully they can do the same when it's another type of song that they might not vibe with, right? But again, this is what helps the church get stronger. It's these moments where God is the center. It's not about what your preference is, because that's our problem. We get stuck with our preferences, and we think that should reign supreme, right? And that's not right. You know, at the end of the day, that's not right. It's not about your preferences. It's about God. He's the one. We were meant to worship privately and in community, straight up. Yes, you can worship by yourself. You can have your latte. You can go in silence and solitude, do your thing, and I think that's needed. Please keep doing it. But we also need this. We need this. And this has been a challenge because of COVID, straight up. Right? It's been a challenge. And we don't need to, like, uh, guilt out people that are, 
you know, dealing with feeling safe, right? We don't need to be, oh, you, you guys, what's your problem? Hey, if people are online, if you're online right now and you are feeling immune, you know, com- immunocompromised or whatever, please do your thing. You are loved. This is your family. You know what I'm saying, right? We got to help people feel okay about that. You still want to wear a mask? Wear your mask. Let, it, please, let's honor that, right? So, but COVID has jacked with us because the, the reality is there might be, surely there are some of us who decided like, oh, I, I like the online thing because I don't need to be bothered with going to church. I don't need to be, it's, it's more convenient to just do it here. Now those, those reasons to me, you're in trouble and I believe in a lot of ways. I believe that you're, you're, you're missing out the word for church is assembly. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a coming together, embodied coming together with, with your body, right? And I do believe that if the reasoning is convenience or I don't feel like it, I feel like that is not worshipful. And as a church, a guy that's leading a church, or at least trying to, my role here is to try to help get you to the green pasture, right? That's not, I, I can't, I'm not here to feed you, which is the other thing. I'm not fed. I'm not here to feed you. Do you know what I'm saying? You're a grown person. I'm not here to feed you. You got to figure that. You got to figure out how to be fed with you and God. You're right. Okay. The bird. Hey, Jesus said the birds, they don't, they don't plant seeds, water them, get a tractor, harvest. They don't do that. But God feeds them every day. God is the one that feeds. Right. So don't be looking just to the, oh, that song didn't do it or he didn't feed me. No, 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 no. That's that, you, you, you're, you're off. You're off. Orient yourself the right way. God, it's God's service to you. He calls us to come together, to assemble. And so if convenience is your reason for doing a virtual service and you consistently do that and you miss out on the singing of together, you miss out on hearing the prayers. We laid hands on John Haynes. You have to be here to do stuff like that. I'm not trying to be funny, but that's, do you see what I'm saying? And when I see that you made the, the attempt to be here, it can reinforce and help me out. I received the benefit from your presence. And so let us not denigrate people if they have health issues. Amen. Let's, let, let's praise God we have the technology. But for those of you that are doing it for convenience, you're in trouble. And I think you need to rethink what you're doing. You know, and, and don't get, don't, it's not about guilt or making, it's just about think about what you're doing. And when we come here, we come to remember, to rehearse, to relive moments that make us Christian. That's why we come. We're going to take the, we, the Lord's Supper later. Why do we do that? Because we remember who Jesus is. We remember what he did. His body meant something. The blood he shed means something today. We rehearse it. We remember it. That's why we come. When we see a baptism, you know what we ought to be thinking? We ought to think, man, what can God do with water? What has God done with water in the scriptures? What does it mean to be born again? What does it mean to come out of the water with a new life, to be resurrected? We rehearse. We remember the things that make us Christian. That's why we come together. And the songs we sing and the lyrics, they're they're God-centered, God-focused, Jesus-centered, Jesus-focused, Holy Spirit-centered, Holy Spirit-focused. And we sing them all together, and that helps us get stronger in our faith. That's why we come together. So don't forget how important this is. 
We rehearse, we relive, we reimagine for our current day the things that keep us Christian. Think about the Israelites. They had no land mass for many centuries. They had no land, but were still a nation. How did they stay together? They had the rituals, the things that they could do no matter where they were. They would come together and they would share the Passover and they would remind them who you are. We're the same. We're Christians all over the world. We're scattered. But these are the things that keep us together. Coming together keeps us together. Okay? That is what we need. I'm going to pray because we're done. Amen. Father, oh, keep us together, Lord. Help us worship you. Help us sing these songs and take the Lord's Supper. And as we're going to do, help us to hear about what happened in Trinidad and Tobago. And, and help us realize that you are the true audience. <laughs> and we pray that our hearts can be more and more oriented toward a radical, total body, full immersion of humility, bowing down in our hearts and even physically if need be to show you how much we love and appreciate you. We pray in the name of your son, Jesus. Amen.